The Lord hasn't abandoned me. He has not abandoned our children. He has not abandoned America's public schools. We have been trying to push him out of the public sphere for decades, but he is still here and he is waiting for teachers like me and parents and grandparents and even our kids, our students to stand up and say, this is the truth. That's the voice of Monica Gill, a courageous history teacher in Loudoun County who is sounding the alarm on a school policy that essentially coerces her and other educators to speak lies to kids about their sexuality. Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our special guest, Monica Gill. Monica, welcome to our show, Speak Up Virginia. It's an honor to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, just to help our audience get to know you a little bit, you are currently a history teacher at Loudoun County High School, but you've been teaching for more than 25 years, correct? Yes, I've actually been teaching for 20 years, 20 of them in Loudoun County, Virginia, and um, I teach U.S. history, I teach AP government, and I love teaching. I love creating a classroom that is a place for students to come together and respectfully and openly discuss all kinds of ideas. Um, I try to make my classroom as homey and hospitable as possible. I actually make coffee for my students every day. Um, and they are very appreciative of that. And of course, it helps keep them awake during the lessons. But just, you know, trying to encourage them to just feel that more than anything, while I'm there to teach them history or government, I'm also there just to show them as much unconditional love as I possibly can in the time that we have together. That is amazing. What a wonderful way to just have a redemptive impact because we know kids are going through so much today. And I wish I had had a teacher like you giving me coffee <laughs> in high school. <laughs> Uh, but I remember hearing you talk in other forums about just how excited you were when you first joined Loudoun County School District because it has been highly respected in the past for its academics. But then you began to notice a change over the last few years. Tell us about that. Yeah, so you're right. I was very excited to start working for Loudoun County Public Schools because it was considered the best of the best. And I started to be concerned about five to 10 years ago as I watched this erosion away of academics. So for instance, we were told we couldn't grade homework. And the rationale was that this is because there are some students who wouldn't have somebody at home to help them. And so that wouldn't be equitable. So then we started to notice this language about equity and things being equitable. And the next thing we knew three years ago, we were plunged into this equity, diversity and inclusion initiative, which started out with our county just pursuing these kind of radical critical race theory uh, ideologies and pushing it in our teacher trainings. Uh, and then from there, I started to see the radical gender ideology come into play when they started placing these very sexually explicit into classrooms for students to access. So I started speaking out about both of those things. Um, Sexually explicit of, uh, content, you said. Uh, they Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. okay. um, I mean, basically pornographic, much mm -hmm. of it is. And, you know, this is disturbing. I mean, this is supposed to be a place of education and decorum. And yet we have these sexually explicit materials 
you know, in schools that, and dealing with things that a lot of parents didn't even want their kids being exposed to in the elementary school level, not to mention how sexually explicit some of the things were in the high school level. That's when I, you know, was really speaking out at school board meetings about both of these things, about, you know, the critical race theory policies and pursuits and the um, gender ideology pursuits with the explicit materials. And that's when I met Tanner Cross, who was in this lawsuit with me and actually got the ball rolling. And he was the one who actually made me aware that Loudoun County was going to pursue this policy on gender ideology, which is the one that we're challenging now. That's the, you know, the evolution of how I got from being amazingly excited about working for Loudoun County Public Schools to being, you know, somebody who is standing up at school board meetings saying, what is going on? What are you doing? This isn't about our kids or education anymore. This is about radical ideology, not about doing what's best for kids. Well, I think we should be thankful for teachers like you. And I know this has to be an individual decision for every teacher, but in this case, you didn't leave the field. You stayed there. You are staying there trying to have an, a redemptive impact for the sake of students coming later. And, and so I am so thankful for that. But it just strikes me from what you were saying how opposite, how reverse it is from what it should be. You know, instead of preparing kids for professionalism, for college, you know, we're we're eliminating all of that and just bringing in these agendas and even just desensitizing it instead of having a safe environment for them psychologically, emotionally, it's exactly the opposite. But you mentioned Tanner Cross. I know a lot of our listeners will remember him as the very brave physical education teacher who first spoke out at the Loudoun County School Board meeting and basically said, I love my students too much to lie to them. And that was in response to this policy you mentioned, the transgender issues policy, which despite warnings from Tanner and other teachers like yourself, the school board did end up pushing through and adopting anyway. Help us understand why teachers like you and Tanner are so concerned about this policy. Well, you know, it is a policy that, gosh, it's just terrible on so many levels. I mean, for one, it is forcing us to lie to students. And as someone who deals with my students in truth and love, being forced to say things to them that are not true, you know, that just goes against my conscience. And, you know, not to mention that the specific policy is also going against my deeply held religious beliefs. But this lying to kids is also not, you know, it's not healthy for them. And it's essentially saying that I, as a teacher, must validate any student who makes whatever gender claim they they want to make. And I have to call them by whatever name and whatever pronouns they claim. And I just can't do that because words have meaning. And if I am forced to say to a student, Um, or to call a student by a pronoun that is not in alignment with their biological sex, I'm essentially conveying to that student that gender is fluid and that is just not true. It is not in conversance with reality. And the best thing that we can do to love and respect others is to treat them with enough dignity to speak to them in words that are true and accurate and conversant with reality. So so that's one aspect of it. Another aspect is that, you know, this is this is a violation of free speech and religious conscience. 
you know, I'm not the expert that my attorneys are on, you know, free speech and, you know, religious conscience, but I know enough to know that it's always wrong for government to compel citizens to say things that they don't agree with or to be complicit in things that they think are wrong. And it's not just about me and my rights. It's also about these kids and the harm that this is doing to them, the confusion that it continues to uh, create in their lives and in their emotional state. There's a real debate about how best to help kids who suffer from gender dysphoria. And essentially, our school board has taken one side in that debate and they have mandated it for everyone. And that is just not right. That is not the place of government. Uh, A lot of our listeners will probably remember that the good news that even though Tanner Cross was suspended from his job after he courageously spoke out about that policy, um, even though I will say at that time he was speaking in a public community forum and the policy wasn't even in existence yet. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was punished for sharing a personal opinion about a policy that wasn't even implemented. That wound its way through court and um, he did get the final say. He, his job was restored to to him and his free speech rights were recognized in that instance. This was before you, Monica, had personally decided to speak out, I assume. So I just wonder, what were your thoughts as you watched what was happening to Tanner, a fellow teacher? Was was it inspiring? Was it a little bit, a little bit scary? <laughs> well, I actually had already been speaking out against the critical race theory policies and the uh, sexually explicit books. I had written an article for The Federalist about their equity and diversity initiatives and just the horrible things that were happening in our teacher training that were just pushing racism and critical race theory ideology. So when I saw Tanner stand up and do this, it was inspiring. I I definitely wasn't afraid. I mean, at this point, I had already been speaking out and the Lord had just said to me, you know, this is what I need you to do. And he removed all of my fear. So I had said to him long before, whatever door you open for me, I'm going to walk through it. And as I watched Tanner just taking all of the slings and arrows and kind of standing alone, I thought, you know, this is not right. He cannot and he should not be the only voice here. I am a Christian teacher as well. I know that Kim Wright, who's in the lawsuit with us, felt the same way. And we just said, you know what, this is, you know, we we weren't, I don't think we were afraid, but there was definitely, you know, that righteous anger. So that's when I knew I wanted to join him in ADF and challenging this policy that is so harmful to our kids. Thanks for joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. If you're enjoying the show, help us encourage others to speak up by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with friends. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and so even though he had won the free speech right in that particular instance, it didn't really address this policy still being implemented in mm-hmm. a school, you know, in the within the school walls, and that's still affecting teachers like you who have to navigate this every day within the school. Um, so let's talk about some of the challenges you're facing with that specifically. You know, you mentioned the problem with coercing you as an mm-hmm. individual to essentially speak things that you believe are wrong or could even cause harm. Um, help us understand what that's like, what, how it creates that environment for you and other teachers. Well, it definitely creates a, an environment where you feel like you know, you're being weighed down on and pressed down on and that you can't um, express truth, that you can't express things that are real, that you cannot 
um, engage with kids in a way that is truthful and healthy. And so there's, you know, I think for a lot of teachers, there is some fear and tiptoeing around and like, how can I, how can I tiptoe around this policy that I don't agree with and still keep my job? Um, and I think that's why you haven't heard a lot of other teachers being willing to, to speak up quite yet. They're starting to because they're seeing uh, how rough the situation is and, and they really are feeling it as well. But it just, it creates a situation where it makes it hard for us to really help kids who need help. And so this, again, this is doing a lot of harm and it is hurting teachers and our ability to have good, honest relationships with our students and to be able to challenge them and their thinking that might be off and, and taking directions that may have long-term consequences of regret for them. I mean, we know, as we've seen, so much of the data shows that kids who are allowed to struggle with their gender dysphoria and go through puberty, the vast majority of them in the end will find comfort with their true biological sex and they will identify with their biological sex and be comfortable there. And this particular policy and this particular path that we're on is pushing them in a direction for transitioning, quote unquote, and hormone therapy and surgeries and things that will be irreversible damage to them in the future. So for all of these reasons, you know, I know that Tanner and Kim and I continue to, to fight this fight because it is all just such a big harmful mess. Yeah. And so essentially, so you still have these issues remaining, just to mm -hmm. clarify, the three of you have filed a lawsuit addressing the policy itself. And so I'm hearing the bottom line is you have two major issues with this policy. One, the government cannot coerce teachers to personally affirm ideas that they believe are untrue or even harmful. And two, this policy is basically forcing teachers like you to participate in a type of social treatment or promotion. Yep. Yeah. Uh, even if the parents don't agree with it or maybe they don't even know about it. So they're definitely, sure. yeah, some huge. That's um, definitely, yeah. that's definitely a problem. I mean, our, our training on this specifically said that if we have a transgender student in our classroom and the parents are quote unquote, not on board, we cannot tell the parents about this. And we have to refer to the child by whatever name and pronouns they want during school. But when we speak to the parents, we have to refer to that child by their given name and, and their biological pronouns. So it's essentially lying to the parents as well. It's a muddled, horrible policy all the way around. That, that creates you know, a, a division between the most sacred relationship of all, right, between parent and child. The, the government is meddling in that. Yeah, at the very least, it's irresponsible. And then, you know, it, it obviously can be even damaging. And you just wonder mm -hmm. years later, if we're going to see a different kind of lawsuit coming out of this from the kids <laughs> that were pushed into this, um, mm -hmm. and then suffering the consequences later. But you're not waiting for that damage. You're trying to be proactive, um, speaking up now. Um, so kudos, kudos to you and the other teachers for that courage. Well, at the end of the day, we know that we cannot come up against these kind of issues, which have a spiritual element in them, uh, which, mm -hmm. are, which are standing against moral wrong. So how would you say that God has personally encouraged you in this journey? Oh, goodness. Uh, he has been so good to me. As I said earlier, 
you know, for, for a long time, as I was sort of watching the direction things were going, I, I was afraid and I didn't speak out uh, when I probably ought to much sooner than I did. But at one point, as I said, he just removed all of my fear and, uh, you know, it was just like, this is wrong and I have to stand for what is right and what is true. And this is where the, the rubber meets the road. Uh, but that is not to say that there aren't times where it is discouraging. Um, it feels dark. It feels like you are in true, real spiritual battles, true, real spiritual warfare. And, and it it can be hard to persevere. But I will tell you this one encouragement I got from the Lord, which was just the best ever. Um, it was the beginning of a new school year. I was moving into a new classroom and I was very discouraged at the beginning of this school year, particularly after the things that had happened the following school year, um, which were, you know, I had several students who were transgender and had just awful mental health issues. And it was just so heartbreaking to watch and just watching our school district go through pursuing these ideological policies. And I was cleaning out this classroom and I was just praying and I was saying, Lord, I just, I cannot do this anymore. I just can't. It hurts too much. It is too heartbreaking. It is too hard. And as I was praying and cleaning, I noticed this book kind of shoved in the corner of the bookshelf I was cleaning. So I picked it up and I dusted it off and the cover said, Holy Bible. And I remember just looking at it and thinking, oh my goodness, what are you doing here? And then I opened the cover and the front page had inscribed a beautiful penmanship. It said, presented by the class of 1955. So this Bible had been a gift to Loudoun County High School, to my high school from the class of 1955. And, you know, I think like most of your listeners are probably thinking, and this is what I was thinking when I first opened it, I, I, you know, my cynical side just set in and I thought, wow, look at how far we've fallen. Look at how far culture has fallen. Look at, look at this. You would never see anything like this today. But as that, that cynical, you know, nature was bubbling up, God just got a hold of my heart and he just said to me, Monica, Monica, I did not give you this gift for you to judge this place. I gave you this gift so that you would know I have not abandoned this place. And I placed you here for such a time as this. So I needed to stay and be my salt and be my light and just stay for me. And so I do, because the truth is the Lord hasn't abandoned me. He has not abandoned our children. He has not abandoned America's public schools. We have been trying to push him out of the public sphere for decades, but he is still here and he is waiting for teachers like me and parents and grandparents and even our kids, our students to stand up and say, this is the truth. This is the way. Walk in it. Wow. That is so powerfully said. Thank you, Monica. Amen to that. Well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> One thing the Family Foundation has been doing to come alongside parents and educators like yourself who want to speak up on this in a redemptive way is to offer tools and online resources through our Protect Every Kid initiative. And there mm -hmm. are resources for school board members as well as for parents to make their voices heard on this issue in their community. And so if listeners want to check that out, 
just visit familyfoundation.org slash protect every kid. That's familyfoundation.org slash protect every kid. But just just to wrap up here, Monica, um, what advice would you have for parents who are listening to this today and might feel a little afraid or a little discouraged about what they're seeing in their kid's classroom and just wondering, should I even say anything about this? Mm-hmm. I would say definitely it is time to speak up. I think, you know, for a long time, parents and members of the community have sat back and kind of been asleep at the wheel of our republic. And that's not just, you know, what's happening at the national level. Um, it's just as important what's happening at the local level. Your school board election is probably more important than the election of the president of the United States. And so I would say it is time to speak up, not to be afraid to speak up, to go to your school board meetings, to look at your children's curriculum. But I think the most important thing really for parents to do too is they've got to be deliberate parents. I think for a long time we just trusted that what public education was doing was okay. And then we woke up one day and we realized it's not okay and it's not been okay for a while. So being deliberate with your kids in terms of their education, ask them every day, what happened in school? What did they learn? Look at the curriculum that they're learning and talk to them too and get your own resources to help equip your kids to challenge the things that and push back against the things that are being pushed on them in terms of a particular ideology at school. Absolutely. Well, thank you for what you are doing to model that. And also thank you to Alliance Defending Freedom, who mm-hmm. is working hard to defend uh, the teachers at Loudoun County. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.